discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Lift up your right hand towards heaven. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. Thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is guiding us in every single thing we do. Thank you for the ministry of your word that is so present in this place. Thank you for angelic ministrations this morning. Thank you for our hearts and our minds are crossing your word. And we are moved from one level of glory to another, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout if you have a voice. May kindly take your seats in the heavenly places where you belong. This is a month of supernatural accomplishments through grace, isn't it? Wow. But this morning, we are going to be answering questions concerning relationships. What we've spoken about in the last few weeks. Have you enjoyed what I've shared with you concerning relationships, marriage, and all of that? How many of you have learned anything since we started talking? Wow. Is it helping you? Is it helping your decision making? So, do you know who who you are going to choose now? I think I said on choosing a life partner, isn't it? Choosing a life partner. Now you know what to look out for when you are choosing. No reason. Alright, so if there's any question on your heart, the whole meeting is for question and answers. So if there's any question on your heart, it could be about relationships or marriage, it could be about any other thing. You are at liberty to ask, and by God's grace, will answer for you in Jesus' name. Is it a good thing? So the ball is in your court. If you have any question, okay, Adam's hand is up, and then uh, our brother's hand is up as well. Beautiful. So let's start with Adam Atta. Hallelujah. Hi, thank wow. you very much, Daddy. Thank you too. And um, so last week you were talking about the role of husbands and wives last week. And then you mentioned that the husband is supposed to love the wife and then the wife is supposed to submit um, to the husband. But then I came across a scripture in Titus 2.4 which talks about um, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. Titus 2.4 Yes. And you were saying that men don't really need love, that if anything... Come again. Men don't really need love. If anything, it's the women who are supposed to get love. But then this scripture is saying... Is that what I said? No. Okay, but you continue. Um, the loving husband... To love their husbands. Yes, right. That's my question. Oh, I... I, I know. Okay, thank you very much. If you read the Bible, First John... Chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. Look at 1 John 4, 19 and 20. We love him because he first loved us. If any man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he's a liar. 
For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Verse 21. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. So we are thought to love each other. Okay? As um, Christians, we have to love one another. What do you think? Are you a Christian? You must love one another. So generally speaking, if a Christian is a man, he must be loved. If a Christian is a woman, she must be loved. We must have love one for another. John chapter 13, verse 34. Look at John 13, 34. Jesus said that a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So we are instructed generally to love one another. Okay? Then, generally speaking too, we are instructed to submit one to another. So Ephesians chapter 5, uh, Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Look at Ephesians 5. No, let's read 18 into 21. Okay? And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So generally speaking, as a child of God, we are to submit one to another. Okay? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Look at First Peter 5, 7. Go to 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Have you seen it? Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, all of you, be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So, generally speaking, as a child of God, you must submit to the other. We must submit one to another. But marriage is different. In marriage, one person, for the purpose of administration... So generally speaking, married people must love each other and they must submit to each other, generally speaking. Because they are Christians, first of all. If you're a Christian, you must love one another and you must submit to one another. I must submit to you, you submit to me. Do you get it? I must love you, you love me. That's what the Bible says, generally speaking. But in marriage, there's a special arrangement. In marriage, one person is given the responsibility of love and the other person is given the responsibility of submission. Okay? It is a responsibility God gives. Even though we are equal as Christians, in marriage, one is above the other. It's called administration. We may have all gone to the same school, finished with the same grade, okay? Finish at the same time, have the same intelligence. But we cannot, in a company, if we start a company together, we cannot uh, occupy the same role and think for the company on the same level. One must be placed above the other. Is it true? So even in the Godhead, the Godhead is one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-ability, co-power, co-whatever. They are all the, they are the same. But for the purpose of administration, or the, for the purpose of um, 
bringing, making us understand and bringing their goodness to us, they submit to each other. They are submitted to each other. So we have the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't mean that they are not equal. They are equal. But in order to bring themselves to you, they submit to each other. The Son is submitted to the Father. The Holy Spirit is submitted to the Son. And hence to the Father. But it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not God. The Holy Spirit is God. But just for the purpose of administration, one is submitted to the other. Please, you understand? So in the same way, in marriage, you have a, a divine administration that exists in marriage. If that administration is breached, it won't work. First Corinthians 11, 1, 2, and 3, not 7. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I deliver them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is what? It's Christ. The head. He's talking about authority. Okay? Authority. The head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. Not the head of every woman. The head of the woman. He's talking about marriage. The head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Have you seen it? So, we have God in marriage. We have God, Christ, the man, the woman. The children and the angels. You understand? Uh huh. And in marriage, the man is given a responsibility and hence is held accountable for that responsibility. What responsibility is he given? He's given the responsibility of loving his wife. Whether he feels like it or not, whether he thinks the wife deserves it or not, makes no difference. It is your responsibility to love your wife, to not slap your wife, to not cut your wife. To not kick your wife. To not use um, brute force to destroy her emotionally, psychologically. Not eating her food. Denying her some things. Using her. Do you understand? (laughs) So, it's clear. It's in the Bible. But it doesn't mean that the wife is not supposed to love the husband. Because in 1 Peter chapter 3... Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 2. Let's read the Amplified. 1 Peter 3, 2. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for your husband, it includes, you are to respect, defer to, revere him, to honor him, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense, to adore him. He says to, you are to adore your husband. Wow! That is to admire, praise, to be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. I'm using it. So he tells the ladies, you should deeply love your husband. The issue is that ladies don't struggle with love. They don't struggle with loving their husband. If you read in Genesis chapter 3, the, 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 should I call it curse? The order that God gave to the woman was that, you will love your husband and he will rule over you. You get it? So it's like from... I mean, very seldom will you hear that a lady, a woman is doing something foolish in marriage. Like, it's, it's, it's these days children that have come that are somewhere. But, I mean, those times, everything was fine. The woman, she doesn't have anywhere to go. She'll be there, she'll be fine. But it's the man who has a problem with loving. Hmm? What I just said is Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. 
Let's read verse 16. He says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Then he says, and your desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Your desire shall be, that is why it is ladies who want husband. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Like it is part of the self-actualization. A husband must be part. But most guys don't think about wife. I don't know if you've noticed. They're like, oh, you're a freebie. You want to distribute all over the place. Wow. Uh-huh. So wives don't have that kind of problem. And so it is not, they are not given that responsibility and hence are not held accountable. But they are instructed to love anyways. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you read in First Corinthians 11, what we're reading, if you go down to verse 10, it talks about how that the wife should also submit to the husband. And that if he doesn't submit to the husband, the angels will not mind her. First hmm? Corinthians 11.10. We can read the Amplified. For Therefore, she should be subject to his authority. That's the husband's authority. And should have a covering on her head as a token, a symbol of a submission to authority. That she may show reverence as do the angels and not displease them. The, the woman is given the responsibility of submission and hence is held accountable. If you are not submitting to your husband, it says the angels will also not mind you. That's why their wives who are not, who are disrespectful to their husbands, but are very respectful to their pastors and are suffering in the house, are suffering generally. When they see their pastor, oh pastor, <laughs> praise the Lord. Oh. Pastor, the pastor, how, how are you? Oh pastor, everything is fine. How is your husband? Oh, he's very fine. Pastor, we're enjoying ourselves. We're enjoying our life. And the husband, when she gets home, the husband says, baby, please can you come? Why? Why should I come? Every time you are calling me, what? What is it? Hey. She can't. She can't submit. When they say do this, she say, hey, my friend, leave me alone. What? Do you know who I am? Who are you? Wow. So, they are held accountable for it. Because they are the ones supposed to submit. In the marriage, that's the arrangement. Wives are to submit. And husbands are to love. Okay? And... You don't do your responsibility or your role looking at the other person. If the other person, if the lady is not submitting, doesn't mean that you shouldn't love. And if your husband is not loving, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't submit. Are you seeing it? Mm-hmm. So, the thing, no, it is very, it is very complex. You need to learn about it before you enter. So that when you enter, you know that this particular arrangement is different from any other arrangement in my life. Marriage is different from any other thing in your life. It's very different. Hallelujah. If the husband is also not loving, there's a cross for him. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. God will break your leg, you'll be surprised. It's in your own interest. Do you see? It's in your own interest because marriage is a display between the, the relationship, uh, of the relationship that exists between Christ and the church. That's what marriage is. It's a display of the relationship that exists between Christ and the church. So if you are inside that particular place and you are not doing what Christ does to the church and you are not doing what the church does to Christ, God is not happy with you. Likewise, he has bans. So dwell with them, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife. Have you it? It says, give honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Then it says, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So there are husbands whose prayers are being hindered. 
and they don't understand because they don't mind their wives. They are beating their wives. They are cheating with everybody you can think about. Everything is scared. They will sleep with. Wow. So, that's it. I've answered you. Pastor Lee has some more to say. Hallelujah. Amen. So that he has quoted all the scriptures. <laughs> but first and foremost, you need to also understand what the essence of the marriage is. Um, that he has already mentioned how that... Anyway, before you're a husband and wife, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. And that's what that he addressed. That as a Christian, you're supposed to love and submit. Now, recognize that marriage also is... Uh, an opportunity for something. There's a purpose for the marriage. We are not married because so that we can say we are married. And Daniel also mentioned uh, about how that the husband and the wife is a revelation of Christ and the church. Now, your marriage is to also help you in your Christian growth. So, the role given that one should learn how to love and one should learn how to submit in the marriage context, not as a Christian, in the marriage context, helps you, the husband, learn from your wife how to submit to the Lord. And helps you, the wife, learn from the husband how to submit to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 5. I think the last verse is 30 or 31. Check it. Let's go there. It's 30. Verse 30. 30. Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 5, 30, 5. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and his bones. Next verse. Uh-huh. 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to the wife and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. So all that he was saying, he was speaking about Christ in the church. Now take note that when he said that the husband should love the wife, we, we preached about it. The love there was agapao, which is the God kind of love. With the scripture he gave, the Titus 2.4, the love there has to do with being fond of or being found of the husband. Just as it's in First Peter, chapter, I think 3. That talks about how being um, deferring to them, being dependent on them or not that. So what he's emphasizing on in Titus 2.4 is actually ha- that they should be found of their husbands, even as they are growing. They shouldn't grow to a point like, I'm not interested anymore. I'm not, I'm not being found of him or anything like that. I, I hope you are getting it. So that is what is being expressed over there. So all of us are to submit, all of us are to love, but we get the opportunity to learn even more how to submit and how to love in the marriage situation. Because there are times the, the wife, for example, can see that um, can see if the husband does what he's doing very well, can see an example of how Christ loves her unconditionally. And then the, the husband learns how that because he knows that he is not even perfect as a man. But God has given him a certain position where he is respected and obeyed. So when he sees how the wife, even when she's not interested in what he's saying, still says yes to what he's saying. He, the man, learns that, hey, then I have to also respond to my Lord that way. If he says something that I don't, because we are the church. When you read the scripture, he's talking about the church, the Ephesians 5.32. We, the husband is part of the church. So what he's seeing the wife doing, it's actually something he, he's also learning to do to the Lord. So when you see the order, First Corinthians 11, talking about the head of every man is Christ and all that, it's actually helping everybody Become a better Christian. So that your marriage does not destroy, but it makes you a better Christian. I hope you are getting it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Any more answers? Any more answers? Yeah, fine. Great. Have we answered you? Beautiful. So another question. Yes. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Yeah, first of all, I want to say that you're doing a great job. 
Thank you very much. about marriage. Wow. The Wednesday meetings to Sunday. Wow. It's my prayer to God that we don't fail God in our marriages. Because I Jesus can imagine. Because a lot of the things you say, people are weeping in their marriages. Mm. But here's one prime point that I picked from most of the things you have said. You said that if we are 50% off the things we are looking for in our marriages, then we'll have a complete marriage. Say it again. If we are 50% of the things we are looking for from yeah. our spouse in our marriages, uh-huh. yeah. we'll have a complete marriage. Yeah. So now I have this question because as much as we are spirit-led and everything, there is no doubt that some people will be unrepentant. Mm. You know, why I'm saying this is because, I mean, excuse me to say, I want to use an example of Pastor Chris. He's broken up. Yeah. And I also know of Dietrich Haddon in the United States. He's a singer. He's also yeah. divorced and remarried. Yeah. We will admit that there are some points we get to in this marriage and some people will just be terrible. Mm. And it will even be like bringing you back in your work with God. So in situations like this, because now, for example, Dietrich Haddon broke up with his wife and has remarried. And Christ says, don't divorce. Or, like, is there any change in the whole scripture? Because, like, if one is bonded with a wife or a husband, that will be ruining you every day and every day. And let's not forget, Christ says, if your hand or your eyes would hinder you from entering heaven, you cut it off. So, in the aspect of marriage, does that also apply? If somebody will hinder you from making heaven pastor, wouldn't you cut off? And after cutting off, you know we need companionship. Is there... After cutting off what? Yeah, pastor, like, we... Okay, for example, God, God forbid, one is, one is later married to a wife that gets possessed or bewitched and she's ruining your life and you have to break up from that person. But at some point, you now start a new work with God and now you get loneliness. Like, I just want to understand everything all together. Okay, hallelujah. Uh, well, your question is important, but I think Pastor has said a lot, okay? And I think during this um, period of talking about relationship and marriage, a lot has been said, okay? You have to take everything into consideration. You have to take everything that we are saying. Because as a Christian, you are not of the world. You cannot get away with some things. Do you understand? Somebody in the world can marry ten. He's in the world. You are a Christian, you can't do the same. You are not of this world. So whatever the Bible is saying we should do, we should do. So that's why we are talking to you at this tender age, so that you make the right decisions. Okay? You've been hearing of people beating them, their wives, people stabbing themselves. It's all over the place. And it's young people. And it's young people who don't know what they are supposed to do. And if they have heard it, they didn't make much of it. They ignored it or thought it wasn't important or thought they knew better. Do you understand? What you are hearing here is for your own benefit. It's for you to have a better future. It's for you to have a more peaceful future. It's for your life to be better. Do you understand? I always say that whatever the word of God says, the word doesn't lie. It will take, you think it will take long, but it will come to pass. For both the good and the bad. Do you understand? Yes, so just like Pastor said, you have to pray. Spend time to get to know God. Is this, get to know God's mind. Don't go and say that, okay, God, this is the one that I like. 
or I don't know, ask for God's opinion. Ask for God's opinion. Because we have realized that people say they have prayed, but they haven't prayed right. You hear people's testimonies, and I prayed, but in the end, my husband was a, a terrible person. You didn't pray right. You went and said, okay, God, I like this boy, so we are going out. That's all you want to say. I don't know what you wanted God to say. You had made up your mind. Whatever was being said for you not to go that way, you decided, this is what I want. And I have said a prayer. So because I've said a prayer, God, you have to understand me. And that's the stance of a lot of young people. But the prayer we are saying is that, ask God, God, is this what you want? And what you say is what I'll take. But some people, they know. They fight God, which is very funny. It's like a baby fighting the mother. Doesn't make any sense. In the end, you destroy your life. You destroy your life. So are you okay now? All right. Thank you. The choice you make is the choice you have made. What you have is what you have. (laughs) Yes, say it. I I just wanted to say that we had this. We had this at a young age, and we decided to apply it. That is why we have what we have. And that is why we are teaching you what we were taught, so that you can have what we have. Do you understand? We were taught. We were taught um, by wonderful men and women of God, like Daddy Prophet, Thames, and all that. When we were in the university, we were taught about relationship, how to choose right, what to do to choose right. And we decided to take what they were saying. And it worked. And it works. There's no other way. So if you want it to work, this is what we are saying. Okay? All right. Amen. Johnny, <laughs> you talk, I tell you. Yeah. Um, hi. Hello. Um, please, my, my question. So the last time I asked the question about... Uh, money and then the bottom line is we agreed that money is a good thing money is what a good thing yeah so um that's why uh when solomon built the temple for god he made a pillar called boaz so um and i believe it is reasonable to state that um we marry people because of the good things about them right the good things about them yes like, it's, it's a good thing that's going to attract you to someone that's in the first place. Before you get close to them, then you start to like other things about them. But obviously, nobody is 100%. So, they, are, they have other flaws. But then, if the good things overweigh the bad things, then maybe you kind of uh, compromise. You see if you can make it work. So, my question is, why do we uh, try to... Like, uh, paint people in a bad, like, like, give them bad names, like a gold digger, when they like someone for a good thing like money. Because, um, the argument, the last time I was discussing it with a friend, and then the argument was, oh, uh, what if you lose your money? And then, um, so I asked her, okay, so what are the good things that someone can like someone else for? Then she was like, oh, um, someone said, uh, 
maybe I'm hardworking or this and that and that and that's good. I have a good character and I'm saying all those things can also be lost. And I used myself as, as an example when I was in school. In first year, I used to be one of those students who's like... Ask your question. Don't give so, us a history. So I'm just saying, um, any, everything is temporary. If you have a good character, something can happen. Maybe you can experience a heartbreak, then you lose it. Uh, maybe you turn bad. So why is it that uh, when people like people for the fact that they have money, then like they are um, giving bad names? Because ultimately, if you like the person for money, you get closer, you're going to like other things. Um, because it's not good to like anybody for just one thing. First Timothy chapter 6. Let's read from verse, verse 6. First Timothy 6, 6. You need to understand, what is it? You need to understand a better concept of money. If you don't, money would kill you and destroy you. Okay? You need to, that's what you need. Let's read from verse 5. Perverse between men of corrupt minds, this is the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. They suppose that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. Next verse. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's read the Amplified. Maybe you don't understand it. And it is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment. That contentment, which is a sense of inward sufficiency, is great and abundant gain. Next verse. Verse 5. Okay, verse 5, amplified. And protected, protracted wrangling and wearing discussion and perpetual friction among men who are corrupted in mind and bereft of the truth. Who imagine that godliness or righteousness is a source of profit, a money-making business, a means of livelihood. From such withdraw thyself. He's, he's talking about people who feel that the things of God is a means of getting money. Okay? Huh. Next verse. Next verse. We just read this. So, verse 7. For we brought nothing into the world. And obviously we cannot take anything out of the world. Is it true? You agree with that? Next verse. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content, satisfied. Next verse. But those who crave to be rich, this is the problem. Those who crave to be rich. So why are you choosing somebody, why are you attracted, attracted to somebody who has money? Because of your content. There's something wrong with your heart. Your craving is to be rich. <laughs> and all those who be rich will fall into diverse problems. That's what the Bible says. If you're, you have a craving, your craving is not for God, but for money. You are a very sad person. You are, you are pitiful. You don't know life. You have not started. You have a big problem and your end will be so terrible you we, we can't even look on you well money money is good money is powerful but don't let that be your guiding post in life if that is your guiding post in life you will have problems because money is the number one competition between god in your, of god in your life so it's either you are letting money guide you or you are letting God guide you. These are the two things that can guide you in life. And if you don't make decisions away from money, 
Hmm? It's, it's down there. You see it. But you, let's go. But those who crave to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish, useless, godless, and hateful desires. Desires. Oh. Hateful desires. You develop things you are not supposed to develop. All those who sued companies for uh, lottery companies for money, uh, like because they won. I, I told you that before, before isn't it? There's a lady who sued a, a lottery company for destroying her life. Because when she got money, she developed some desires that were, were not there before. She developed a desire for cocaine. It was not there before when she didn't have money. Cocaine was not part of her life. But she developed uh, uh, an affection for it. There are people who, did, who weren't into promiscuity. When they got money, when money started coming, that desire started coming up. There are people who did, that, they didn't have a desire for, for smoking, for drugs, for alcohol. Money gotten at the wrong time and loved in a certain way brings hateful desires. That is the truth, brother. So if you, you are making a choice, you, are, you say... Uh, you are getting close to this person because of his or her money. Like that is what is attracting you. Ah! There's something wrong with it. I don't, and I don't see why, I don't understand why you don't see that there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with it. That is why you are called a gold digger. Why are you coming, why are you coming close to me? Are you coming close to me because of my money? I'm not saying money is not good though. So, so. Money is good. But don't let that be your guiding post. Hello, can you hear me? Money can be bad, very bad. Yeah. Eh? Say, so then that means uh, someone who gets close to another person because they are hardworking should be called a work digger. But because have you ever heard anything like that? No. That's have you I'm... ever heard anything like that? <laughs> why haven't you heard anything like that? That's why I'm trying to like. Understand. Why? Let me ask you. Why haven't you heard? It? Why do you think you've not heard anything like that? A work digger. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why you don't understand. Because look, when I think when you get when you get married, uh-huh. children come in. Yeah. And it's money that you used to take ah, care of. Brother, so we are not saying money. Do you know money is not money money is not something you chase. You don't chase money. If you don't understand money, you will die. And not get any of it. Okay? We don't chase money. Please understand that. We don't chase money. Or you don't understand that one too. Money is a need in life. It is. It's a need in life. But money is like electricity. If you go holding electricity, what will happen to you? Shock you. It will shock you. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Uh huh. Money, that's how money is. Yes, but I thought maybe you, you can. It's, it's okay to learn about sound principles of how to make money the good way, the genuine, the acceptable I've way. Not said, I've not said that that is wrong. Yeah. Okay? I've not said that as well. I've not said that at all. What I'm saying is that if all your life is geared towards yeah. money and all your decisions are geared, are made because of money, then you will have a big problem. Okay, so that that's what I'm saying. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. So that uh-huh. means if the lady liked you by mistake because you are rich, maybe she liked another person because he was uh, hardworking, uh-huh. but then by mistake, then, maybe... then that lady has a problem. 
and she will marry you. Listen, she will marry you, and all your problems will come. Yeah. Do you get it? Yes. If she will marry you, likes you for only the money. Eh? If she likes you for only the money. If she likes you for only the money. Yes, I'm saying like it could be the first thing that draws you to. Someone. I don't know if if uh, maybe personally like, will maybe be the money will make her like oh. I want to get close to this person. Then she gets close to you. Maybe she likes, oh, you're smart. You do this, you do that. It's the same way. Maybe someone sees a lady. Oh, she's hardworking. You get close to her. Oh, maybe she's intelligent. She's this. Then you, you like, all those things come together. Don't let money guide you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all. Hallelujah. Okay? Sure. Hallelujah. Yeah. So there are two things that we need to clarify with the question he's asked. And, you know, we are pastors, so... A question like this, we know that a number of people are thinking the same way. So, you are the one we are addressing. Amen. The first thing is about marriage. Marriage is different on its own. Marriage is not instituted by man. Marriage is instituted by God. The one who defines what marriage is and why you should enter into marriage is God. So, you need God principles to know who to marry and how to go about it. And that was the essence of last man's messages. So number one, one of the things we mentioned is that you as a person, you should know God for yourself. Knowing God for yourself means that God dictates every decision you make. All the thoughts, all the principles, or how you relate with another person. It guides your hearts. It says the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. In First Corinthians chapter 13, also verse 4, it says love is patient and kind, etc., etc. So our guiding post or what guides us concerning marriage, which is instituted by God and not by man, is already there. And that's what we thought on. So if you want to make a decision based on marriage, there's what you are supposed to go with. Is it clear? There is, when you talk about I'm attracted because maybe the person is rich. I've had too many people think like that. Unfortunately, most of them are still not married. Because that is not the basis for marriage. You think that marriage is your choice. Marriage is God's institution. You see, that is why we are teaching this. The reason why we are having a lot of problems in people's, there are a lot of problems in people's marriages is because they thought that marriage was their institution. They instituted, I chose this one. It is my institution. I've created it. This is how I'm going to run it. And so that is why they are going to have problems. I get in it. There's somebody who manufactured the marriage and said that the marriage runs this way. First and foremost, know me, the one who manufactured the marriage. Know me on a personal level. And so when some people come to me and tell me that they are interested in this person, I check first and foremost, do you love God? Are you, self are you motivated from within to do things for God? Or it is when we are trying to do things concerning God, then you are interested. If that is happening, then you are not ready for marriage. You are not ready at all because you don't have any love for God. You must develop love for God. Daddy has also thought about how that there are those that God loves and those that love God. You see, God loves everybody, but not everyone loves God. And you must learn how to love God. You should know that you have to work on your love for God. Is that okay? So that is an institution in its own. That is why being rich doesn't even qualify good marriage. Neither being smart qualifies for good marriage. Neither being nice or beautiful qualifies for good Because somebody can be stunningly beautiful and unmarried for the rest of his life or her life. So that doesn't qualify. There are things that qualify for marriage for it to work through to the end. And that is what we've been preaching about. I, I, is it clear? So let's get the marriage issue sorted out. That marriage is not based on your preference or your opinions. If not, we will not be preaching. You will also be telling us what you also want, you think marriage should be. But we are saying what God has said concerning marriage. And the thing is, if you go against how God has said marriage should be, you will have problems. It's something that will happen. 
it will happen as surely as God lives you will have problems unless God dies you will have problems because he did it and he runs it he that's why he said that I show you a mystery I gave you marriage but it's a mystery that's what he's saying I gave you marriage but it's a mystery I'm actually talking about Christ in the church you can't organize how Christ in the church should function you are given a taste of Christ in the church by marrying so there's a purpose to marry that's why it cannot be because I like you no it's beyond that it's actually assignment it's purpose without which we will have problems is that okay and the examples of the problems are endless in this generation they are in the plenty there are many of them so you can just look into youtube you see plenty of them but if you want what god is describing this is what he said you should do so you need to listen to the message again just in case just if you have not you have not understood certain things sometimes as the message is going we are emphasizing on different aspects of the message then at the end of it somebody is putting most emphasis on the last point instead of the first point because the first point is you and your relationship with God that's the first point if you don't have that you, you can't even choose to marry because you make a mistake you don't have any direction do you understand what I'm saying now the second part of the whole thing actually has to do with money which is different from marriage money which is different from marriage so your question is actually a two-fold question there is a marriage issue which we have addressed in the messages before and there's there's a money issue which is what has to be addressed separately you need to understand how money works money is a currency money is a currency there's a we, there's, we've spoken about money many times to help people appreciate what it is even during the seed sowing conference usually in the month of july we talk about it a lot for you to understand just the way we spoke about marriage for you to understand how it works because we are all deceived most not all of us a lot of people are deceived as to what money really is so it's like they are chasing the money but the money is running away you understand so people are actually some people you see there are two types of people with people described as rich people one group of people have money the other group of people money has them those that money has them money determines who their friends will be where they should go how they should dress how they should value people that those are those that money has people who have money don't uh, don't let money determine what they should do they are they know what true value is they know what true friendship is they know what true living is so they are not looking for symbols of money to be wealthy they are wealthy on the inside of them you can take everything from them they'll still be wealthy that is a truly rich person not somebody that when he has his account reading a lot of money then it's like he's rich recently i sat with a very rich person rich in the sense that at least the manifestation has shown for people to see that okay the person has money they do they do contracts in the millions self contracts in the millions of dollars of euros and other currencies on their own and he made a statement that he has always made a statement he made a statement he said that people who think that rich people keep their money in their account have misunderstood no person keeps his money there the money has to be going to do some work somewhere you understand what i'm saying there's a mindset as to how a rich person is because of the challenges people have had in their growing up with money and all that is giving us a warped understanding of money so we are trying to we, we we have a misunderstanding of money so there's a confusion there's a genuine confusion among many people concerning money and you need to learn it you need to learn the right thing that is why people are more skewed to lottery it's an issue of their misunderstanding of money they don't understand how that the lottery is designed to make them feel they can't even see it when you even show them calculation they can't see it that is why people enter into Sakawa and other browsing and all those things because they don't know the value of money they don't know so when the money comes it goes 
and they don't know what the value is. They, they don't understand. They, they, they are not valuable. They are not valuable. Money is valuable. They are not valuable. You see, when you touch, is what makes the thing valuable. Not the thing getting to you that makes you valuable. How can paper give you value? How? A whole human being, eternal human being like you, the man, a paper was given to you and you became valuable. That doesn't make sense. You give value to man. If all of us say that we don't want to use this currency, that currency will fall. But you don't know. You see, the mindset is as though the money is rather giving us value. So it's a misunderstanding. And so we don't know what the, our real value is. So God comes showing us who we really are. So that we know that we are the green pastures. We are not looking for green pastures. Yeah, what makes a place transform is the people there, not the money there. If not, then Ghana should look like heaven. Because we have a lot of things. But the people, if they should know who they are, their value, they will then put value in any other thing that's around them. In Jesus' name. A question. I'm coming. There's another question here. So, you want to, is there a question or a com, you want to contribute? Okay. She wants to contribute. You can contribute. Why not? Yeah. Hello. Thank you for the opportunity. So, I want to talk about the gold digger over there for him. Okay. So, as Pastor is saying, there's, there's a rule concerning marriage. If you don't go according to it, forget about it. And scriptures cannot be broken. So, when it comes to gold against, especially, a lot of them are lazy. They always come to take and go. So what if you marry a gold digger and your money gets finished? As example, in business, there's up and down. There's a time that maybe your money has gone outside for investment. To her, you don't have money. So what happens? She leaves you. And a lot of people that are into gold diggers, when they, when they get the money and they leave, frankly speaking, because they are lazy, they don't work with it. So you'll be sitting there and your money or your property will be sold, which she will even spoil the money because she will, she will be attracted to another person and she will go and get the money over there too. Most of them don't end up very well. Do you understand? So what I'll say is that it's a wrong thing, as Daddy was saying. It's very wrong because the motive why she's coming to for the money is wrong. So eventually, it will go bad. So all I want you to know is they don't work. Even if she's working, she will not even work with it very well. And even marriage, marriage is there for you to even um, as in um, and prosperous or even progress in life. But she's not there to come and add anything to it. Trust me, she will not add anything. She will so kill at, you. So at the end of it all, you don't have a help meet. Do you understand? That even goes back to Genesis 2. She's there to help, but she's there to come and take. So what's the equation? You are a loser. Do you understand? So all I want you to know is God against really don't help. They are in to come for your I money. I don't even understand why you are even thinking about that. That you get close, somebody will get close to you because of money. Because of money. It's wrong. If somebody is getting close, even if the person is not your coming to, it's not a, a lady who is you are interested in. If you have friends who are around you because of money, you are in trouble. They will kill you, I tell you. Eh? You don't make friends because of money. Every relationship that is based on money is a relationship that is bound to fail. Business people don't start business. If you start business because of money, you are in trouble. <laughs> Maybe you've not done business before, so you don't know. You will be shocked. 
Maybe you've not done business on a certain level, so you don't know. Yeah. Eh? You can easily kill somebody because of money. Money? Don't, don't let money be your guiding post. I mean, you are missing, you are lost. Even if you are in the world and you are allowing money to be your guiding post, you are lost. You are too lost. You understand? So don't let money be the reason for anything in your life. My relationship with my wife is not based on money. Because money will come and money will go. You see? My wife was driving a car before I proposed to her. I didn't propose to her because of the car she was driving. Do you understand? Yeah, there were, there were other ladies driving in the, on the campus. But driving better, nicer cars. But that is not, that's not the reason why you get close to somebody. No, as the Lord leads you. Okay? My wife's pay was more than mine. Way more than my pay. When we were getting married. Way more. Maybe like twice or thrice my pay. Yes. But now my pay is... <laughs> you understand? If we got involved because of her pay, then now that I'm having more pay, what will I do to her? Your pay is not much. Go away. I'm looking for someone whose pay is more than mine. Your character will show. The reason why you got in there will show. It's not all that glitter that is gold. Sometimes you see it changing like that. Enter and you see. You understand? So don't let, that, like, don't let money be a guiding post for you in any way at any time. Do you understand? Oh, are you? I don't know. Are you Uber bread? Uber bread. They say that they are beating you. Yeah. Because they, they, you think people don't, don't have wisdom. Everybody knows why everybody gets close to them. Everybody knows why everybody gets close to them. Uh, we, sooner or later, it will be found out. If a gentleman gets to know that you are in because of his money, he too he will use you. Yeah. And you, you don't see anything wrong with that. You are doing this. You don't see it. Then, listen, after church, come and see me. We'll have to talk. You, you have stop problem. talking. If you, if, or you spoil the meeting. Yes. Say something. You want yeah, to say something? It's okay. Because if he doesn't understand, it's like you, if he, you said you're using it's like, okay, then it's you have, okay. you have then a problem. And your Christianity has a question. Yeah, it has a so question. So we need to talk. Then you, you have a problem. Mm. No, because I, all I wanted to say is that gold digger, there's a definition for a gold digger. I think you can even Google it. There will be a definition for it. It's a pattern. There's nothing new under the sun. Do you understand? So the word gold digger, there's a definition for it. Somebody Google it for me. You see it. Please come and tell me who a gold digger. It's because it is something that constantly thinks, you know, somebody who does that, they show particular patterns. That's why we can give them a definition. Do you understand? That's why there's no work digger. You can Google that and see. There's no work digger. There's no yes. hard work digger. Because that is, 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 is something that hasn't... I don't even know what that means. Do you understand? But a gold digger, they have a, a particular characteristic. So okay. you tell me. Okay. A gold digger is a person who forms relationships with others purely to extract money from them. In particular, a woman who strives to marry a wealthy man. So when you use the word gold digger, it means something. Okay. So maybe you didn't use the right word. I don't know what you are trying to say. But if you say gold digger, it means something else. Do you understand? So that's 
I'm saying. You said gold digger. There's a definition. Let, let's address digger. this after church. Okay. Do you understand? There's a definition for that. Just like there's a definition for what? Atoms and protons. Do you understand? Do you get it? So if you use the word gold digger, then that's what the definition you get. Thank you. The bottom line, don't let anybody, don't be attracted to someone because of his money. Don't form relationships because of someone's money. Don't. Don't form relationships because of the comfort you enjoy with the other person. No. What it means is that you don't have value at all. You only, listen, it mean, what it means is that you only find value in others. You don't have anything to offer. You come only to take. You are a very wicked person. You are a very, very wicked person. You only come for what you will get. Not what, that is, there are church members like that. They are church members. Why would people choose to go to a church where you don't do anything? You are just there. Because they want to take advantage of what is there. They, don't, they want to take advantage of God. Not God having anything to do with them. What God says is nonsense. They want what God gives. Not what God, not, not what God also demands. As soon as God starts making demands on them, laying demands on them, they want to, they want to move out. They want to change. They want to run away. And heaven will be very nice. I tell you, heaven will be very, very nice because of such people. The Lord will really talk to them. Yeah. In this particular area, after Pastor Adam spoke, it just reflected on me that one powerful point I've gotten from all of these teachings about marriages is not about money. Mostly, Solomon is the richest. Who will be richer than Solomon? Yeah. He was the wisest, yeah. but he failed. Yeah. So just like pastors have said, marriage is God's constitution. There's no two ways about it. Exactly. I'm even me Money. Thank Money. You, Pastor. you have it and you'll be sad. You'll be home alone. No genuine friendship. Yeah, I know people who are crying for companionship. They have money, but no comp- because all the people around them are fake and they know it. They all know it. It's just a, you've not had money. Like, if you're thinking like that, do you have. <laughs> okay. Um, because of our brother's question, it yeah. seems like I have two questions now. Okay. <laughs> um, so the first question. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Pastor. Great. So the first question is, is Does God reveal your life pattern to you through visions and dreams? Mm. Does that happen? Okay. The second question is that Is it wrong to have preferences? He is it thinks, wrong to have preferences? Yes. He thinks that money should be a preference. That's the way I understood him. Beautiful. Is it wrong to have preferences? She's hardworking. She is loving. She's caring. Um, she has money. Yes, the wrong to preferences. <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong to have preferences. There's nothing wrong to have preferences. Actually, if there are no preferences in life, life will be boring. She's wearing green with her beautiful earrings. She she chose to wear a pink dress. He chose to wear a grey dress. We have some. One chose to wear white. There are preferences. There's nothing wrong with that. There are, you'd you'd want to have a, a certain type of um, body structure, maybe take tall, slim, short, stout, chubby, whatever it is, or you want a tall, dark, and deadly <laughs> gentleman. I mean, 
It's, the preferences are okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. However, preferences like uh, like food. Okay, changes with time. You will say that this is what I want today, but tomorrow you realize that this one too is also very nice. So if you leave yourself to your preferences, you will make a choice for today and not for tomorrow. That is where God comes in. God, God does not choose for you. God does not give you visions. I never had a vision concerning this lady as my wife. I never had a dream about her as my wife. God doesn't do that. Okay? But God leads you. That's what God does. He leads you. By letting you know. It's just like any other way God leads us. If you read in Romans, that's why you must be a Christian to be able to choose well. If you're not a Christian, you'll not be able to choose well because God can't lead you. In Romans chapter 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself, this is old King James, so he says itself. He says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So something as sensitive as being a child of God is attested to or borne witness to by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who confirms to you that you are a child of God. How do you know you are a child of God? How do you know that if you die today, you'll be with the Lord? How do you know? It's inside your heart. You just know it. You are content with it. You are satisfied with it. It's not something that is shaking in your heart. The same way, the same feeling you have with respect to your salvation is the same feeling you must have concerning somebody. If you don't have that feeling concerning that person, it means that you are, you are not choosing right. So God leads us by bearing witness with us. As you pray, the, the more you pray about this particular person, or the more you pray about God helping you make a choice, the more your, the stronger your heart gets towards somebody. The more you pray, you know that this is it. Your prayer somehow suspends your emotions and heightens your 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 responsiveness to God. So let's say I'm praying in tongues. If you're not into praying like that. You, you will make a choice with your eyes only. And with time, your eyes, the eye is not, is not satisfied with the things it sees. It's in the Bible. You may think that I have preference for um, slim ladies. But you'll be surprised that you may end up being with somebody who is fat. And that, that's like, you are really, you are, you are, it's like, this is meat for the Lord. Meat destroyed, not the work of the Lord. Yeah? Do you get it? Uh-huh. So, um, there's nothing wrong with preferences, but allow the Holy Spirit to direct your preference, or else you make a mistake. Please have answered you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hallelujah. I wanted to say something about the dreams. It's just one of those very, very scary you know, guiding ways. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. And then we'll read verse 7 too. Because what happens is that sometimes when you like a person, the person is in your heart, and you go and dream about the person. They say that God said, you're lying. Do you understand? And it happens a lot. 
And a lot of people have been, should I say, ensnared by that. And people have had very terrible marriages. Do you get it? He said, for a dream cometh through the multitude of business. And a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. Okay, and let's go to seven. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities. But fear thou God. Okay, so in the multitude of business, you may be going about a lot of things. And you'll be dreaming. You dream a lot. What happens at work, what you watched on TV, something that is really bothering you. Are those God? You get it. But why is it that when you dreamt about the lady that you saw, that one is God? You get it. So that is not the guiding principle. Okay, pray. Yeah, I don't know if you're a Christian, you, you know how yes, to be a from, Christian. Basically. Basically. Uh, your heart will, your, it's, you will know that you know, that you know, that you know that this is it. Okay? You would know. It's an inward witness. And, and that's what this scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 16 mentions. Let's also say something. Hallelujah. So, um, after the, the first says, thing is that your preferences should be based the foundation of a lot of what we do is the fact that you're a christian if that is not intact so what this series is also going to reveal to you is whether you are really growing as a christian or not that's what this series is also going to do because many people think that after the marriage side it's not christian anything you have to be smart about it but actually it's a christian thing and you need to be a Christian that is practicing. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by dreams and visions. It's people, and it, it comes that's, across... That's verse 14. Same book, same chapter, verse, yeah, 14. verse 14. Many uh, many people have dreams and they are always trying to find the meaning of their dreams. And the Ecclesiastes shows you the meaning of most of your dreams. It doesn't mean that God doesn't use dreams and visions for anything. He does. But dreams and visions are not the word of God. The fact that you had a dream, the fact that you had a vision, is not the word of God. Whatever dream or vision that you have, you must judge it by the word of God. Which comes again to your knowledge about God's word. Even if somebody even prophesies that, look, I saw in the heavens something open and this and this happened. And all that. And even and gives you your, your wife. And gives you your car number or your phone number and say that by this, I'm telling you that this one is your wife. Bible says that let two or three prophets prophesy and the others judge. They judge by what? The word of God. So regardless, regardless of, even when we preach, we tell you that make sure you are checking the word of God concerning it. Is that okay? So that's why we are showing you scriptures, not our, not our books. Scriptures. This is what God has said. So as long as it's what God has said, that is what should guide. So no matter the vision or dream, some use it to do their business and other things. Look, you need to check with the word of God. And that is shared a scripture with us in the verse... Um, is it 16 or 17 of this? Talking about how that the spirit bears witness with our spirit. If you are, you are not able to notice that prompting within you, you can't make a lot of decisions because you'll be confused. The word of God gives us the confidence and there is something to bear witness within you that no, this is it. And you'll be able to go along it. So that's why we have times where you have to pray and fast. And that didn't mention it categorically even in marriage. You need to spend time praying and fasting. It helps you to, um, to fine tune 
what is God is really telling you. Because sometimes we have a lot of our preferences in mind. Sometimes you can be preach to someone and the person heard something different. The person has to go and listen to the message again. So when you are talking to God, He will say something, and because of your preference, has your preference been so strong that when somebody is talking, you are reading it in your preference? Have you seen some before? So you need to pray more. I get in it. So though you may have preference, your preference can only be on God's word, not any preference you have. If not, all the wrong preferences you have will be added to it. If not, someone will also say that since I have somebody has preference for money, I also have preference for homosexual. I have preference for somebody who is doing this. You have preference for so many things. And I have preference for Muslim people. It's also a preference. But the word of God tells you that no. It tells you no. So some of your preferences are cut short by the reason, by the fact that you are a Christian. Not just any preference you have, then it is okay because it is what I like. Is it okay? Listen, I know a preacher who married a lady who was prayerful, okay, beautiful, loved God, and uh, had a good character. But they are having problems. Big ones. Because he didn't hear from God. He made a choice of a lady who had all these things without allowing the Lord to lead him about the person. So after all is said and done, that one is key. Is the key. Or you can marry someone who's holy. Holy. She will be too holy. She will not have sex with you. <laughs> she will be so holy, so pure. When you touch her, you say, "Hey, my friend, don't you know we are fasting?" Malababa, rabababa. Two a.m. You will see. Yeah. See, see us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Daddy, for the opportunity. Okay, so I'd like to comment on the preferences. Now, it's not bad to have preferences, okay? But don't be so hard on your preferences that God cannot tweak it or lead you in a certain way. Because we marry for the future, not just now. What you see now can change. For instance, if you like a lady because of her body, it can change. What will you do when she becomes big? What are you going to do about it? So there are some very shallow preferences. How many of your mothers are small? If your mother is small, let me know. If your mother is slim, let me know. Very few of us. Check your mother's picture. Those of you whose hands are down, check their picture 30 years ago and see how they were before. Let that guide you. Continue. That's why we are telling you to pray into your marriage. Because if you don't pray, you have a very shallow view of things. You'll not be able to see beyond what's happening now. For instance, if you choose somebody because they are rich, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know. If the person is poor right now, you don't know what's going to happen. The person can become a millionaire just like this and you'll be like, I should have married the person. It's a testimony of a lot of people exactly. as well. Yeah. I personally know somebody who didn't want to be interested in somebody because the person didn't have like arbitrary vibes, like they've not traveled before, their eye has not opened in a certain way. But right now the person is an international big shot. Yeah. So you see, don't be shallow. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I know I know a woman who hides and who she hides when she sees a certain man. Because a man came to propose to her many years ago. He didn't have money. He didn't have some things. And she said no because of those things that he didn't have. Now she hides when she sees the car pass. She doesn't want the guy to know that she's even alive. Yes, because of the bad decisions she made. 
Now, you see, when you get married, you've forgotten that you will give birth. You will have children. What, you should be concerned about what kind of character your children will even have. A crab does not give birth to a bed. If you are marrying a lady who is into all foolish things, you should know that <laughs> you are, your progenitors will have all kinds of things in, in their lives as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? Out of all the preferences you can choose somebody with, money is the worst of them all. That, that is the truth. You see, you are behaving as well, I don't like money. Everybody likes money. I don't love money, but I like money. I know how important money is. If you don't have money, a lot of things will not go well. Okay? But you must marry somebody who will not mind if there's nothing. If everything should vanish, what would the person do? Will the person still be around? Or the person will leave you in your most trying of times? You marry someone who will stick with you through thick and thin. No matter what is going on in life, whether high or low, whether wide or narrow, makes no difference. I am here because of you, not because of what you have or what you don't have. I'm here because of you. And I'm here to live life with you till the end of our days. That is what you should choose for. Be smart. Okay. Um, I happened to share last week's message with a friend of mine okay. who is getting married in six weeks. Okay. She got back to me with this question that okay. last week you mentioned that you have to marry a man with a purpose who has knowledge in God's word and mm. all that. The man he's about to marry has all the physical qualities that usually most girls will look out for. Mm. But these things in Christ, the guy is lacking. So he, she says I should ask you, that should go on with the marriage. Hey, what a question. <laughs> this one. That should go on with the marriage or put a hold to it and nurture the person in Christ or stop and find somebody she shares the same faith with or think that she can So I would have to meet her. I would have to meet her and meet the gentleman to be able to help them decide. Yes. That would be the best. Uh -huh. I can't see anything. If I see anything, it will be a problem. Yes. All the things we said are there. They say to every rule, there's an exception, isn't it? And so these are the, the things we've shared are the main rules. These are, this is it. But sometimes you, you get certain situations where you have someone who is teachable and ready to learn and willing to, you know, change and make some changes. When you say to the person, you would know. And then we've had people who, they didn't know anything about the Lord before they got married. But when they got married, they got to know a lot about the Lord. And a lot of things changed in their lives. So uh, it depends on that. If a personal meeting can happen, you would know some things. Uh -huh, and you can properly uh, counsel. My wife is asking, where is her pastor? Does she have one? She's a Catholic, so she doesn't really... Wow. So if a personal meeting can happen, six weeks is just here. But anything is possible. Yes. So if, if that can happen, it will be, be very powerful. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org 
for more information. God 